0: Outcry is a documentary about a 17-year-old high school football star whose life was changed forever after he was accused of sexually assaulting two preschool-aged boys who attended a daycare center that his best friend's mom owned. Because of possible false accusations, an inadequate lawyer who had conflicts of interest, and detectives who failed to do their job correctly, Greg was failed by the justice system and served three years in prison for a crime that he may not have committed. Before we get started with this episode of Big Doc Energy, I do want to do a little disclaimer and let you know that we are discussing sensitive topics. So viewer discretion, is it viewer? Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome back everybody to Big Doc Energy episode five. Can't believe I made this far. I thought maybe we'd have given up by now, but... You guys at home, you're listening, it's doing really well, we're excited and we're absolutely ecstatic that you're here again for episode 5. If you're a new listener, welcome, make sure you're listening to the other episodes. Like I said, we've got four more brilliant ones just like this one and today we will be covering Kayla's favorite, new favourite documentary, Outcry.
0: My favorite documentary used to be Long Shot, which we covered on episode three. So if you haven't heard that one, make sure you go back and listen. It is awesome. We have two of the main people from Shot in that one. And we asked them all the questions that they missed and left out of that documentary. But my new all-time favorite is this one, Outcry. And I'm really excited about it. And this is going to be a two-parter, our first ever two-parter.
1: Yes, it's a two-parter. So... Part one, we'll be covering the the documentary. And part two, fingers crossed, all going ahead, we will have a special guest. We won't announce who, but there'll be a special guest on part two, all things going ahead. So make sure you watch the documentary. See if you can figure out who we're going to have on as a special guest. Like I said, hopefully it goes ahead. And if you're listening behind time, you'll know by now.
0: Yeah. So let's jump right into it. This documentary is a five parter. So it is pretty long. And usually I'm not into documentaries that are long because I have a really, really short attention span. But there was so much stuff that went into this documentary that I feel like it kind of needed the five parts. So I'm actually not mad about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, this came about really randomly. Uh, I think someone suggested this documentary to Kayla on Twitter. So shout out if you were that person. We just put it on thinking nothing of it. Me and Kayla were a bit like late night people. We like to kind of watch documentaries. And we ended up staying up till three in the morning. and We watched every single episode back to back. So five hours of documentary <laughs> viewing. We were gripped. Uh, it was an amazing story. Uh, roller coaster. I laughed. I cried. <laughs> And I did actually cry a little bit, a little bit.
0: I really did cry during episode five of this. So that was fun to watch. Yeah,
1: it's an amazing story. So make sure you go watch Outcry if you haven't already, because we'll be going over it, new information. There'll be spoilers, all that sort of stuff. Um, like I said, we're going to jump right into it and talk about this amazing story.
0: So as I said before, there's a lot of details in this case. So we're not going to go step by step through the entire documentary because that would take literally forever and we just honestly don't want to bore you and we kind of want to get to the big stuff and the things that really matter and kind of like let you guys know how we feel about all of it. Um, First off I'd like to start out by saying that I feel like this documentary was made really well and I think Sam has more information about how that came about.
1: Yeah, so the documentary uh, Showtime, um, they do make the good ones, we have to admit, <laughs> uh, and a guy called Pat Condonellis, don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but he was the director, did a great job on this. Um, I read that he had this story, he was at a documentary viewing, and a friend came up to him and said, look, there's a case going on at the moment, um, it's about a guy called Greg, um, lots of stuff going on, he's currently uh, held in prison now, you should check it out, I believe Pat Eventually um, contacted um, Greg's family And obviously they agreed to do the documentary Now this is what I love about this He jumps in and starts filming During the time of the case And it's all going on Because this is why I loved it And I loved the story And I really got into it Because you know when you watch a documentary And the person who's been accused is in a studio yeah, You're pretty sure he's out of jail (laughs) at that point right something's but Greg's in prison he's filming it from prison so at this point you have no idea whether he did it or not and that's what I like about it I like the fact that I was just didn't it was a whodunit situation we spoke about that before whodunit (laughs) someone committed a crime and we're about to go talk to you about the crime and everything involved in that situation
0: Yeah, I liked that about it too. So at the beginning of the documentary, Greg is in jail, like Sam just said, and it kind of like you are in real time watching and they're filming in real time watching him go through the process of whether he's going to end up getting out or not. And that must be so weird for... A documentary maker because you don't know how your documentary is gonna end.
1: No, exactly. It's <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, like at-
0: this could have been so anticlimactic. They could have been like, "Oh well, he's in there forever, and that's just yeah. the end." <laughs>
1: like- yeah, and you you know you watch Greg, and it I mean it pretty much starts. Greg's in jail, but he says straight away, "I did not do this."
0: Yeah, so the beginning of the documentary, they go over who Greg is and um, how great of a guy he is. He's really responsible. He's on the football team. He's a star athlete. He wants to play professional football, and everyone says he's good enough to do that, which is really, like, unheard of.
1: Yeah, I mean, from an English uh, point of view, I mean, our high schools are very, very different. Um, When I played at a high level of football or soccer... um, There was probably about five people watching. (laughs) And I was at the top level, right? There was like five people in the no stadium. And then I watch um, Greg at his kind of sport that he does at his highest level. There's hundreds of people watching. It's Friday Night Lights. And it's just there's cheerleaders. We didn't get that. (laughs) We did not get that. And it just seems like he has the perfect life. Um, Like I said, amazing footballer. And he has the, you know, cheerleader girlfriend. He's in great shape. Great looking guy. He has got it all.
0: He does. He does have it all kind of from the outside looking in. But um, when you really when they tell us more about Greg, he actually had a pretty hard family life and. Um, His parents were both sick. They had a lot of issues and whatever, which is um, pretty much why he ended up starting to live with his friend, Jonathan, and Jonathan's mom, Shama. Um, Shama happened to own a daycare center that she ran out of her house.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, again, I I think that's kind of a weird one because you don't really get that in the UK. You don't get... um people running daycares <laughs> from their house it's, it's normally in a, like an actuals like center but I guess you know every there are private daycare people you know
0: yeah I feel like it happens kind of often in America where someone has a daycare in their house I think it wouldn't be very common for that daycare worker to have high school age kids coming in and out of their house I don't think I would trust that as a parent but who am I to judge
1: yeah, and and Sharma, the person who runs the daycare, she she you, you don't really hear much from her to be honest. She's not really interviewed, which I'd have liked.
0: Oh, I actually didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, she's not really it. Inter- I she, wonder why. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. I mean, if you you know what happens in the documentary, it, her son doesn't get a great uh, <laughs> feedback, does he?
0: Yeah, but if she were in it, maybe she'd be able to kind of defend her son more, but. She's not in it, so we don't really know how she feels.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of his crimes towards the end is kind of hard to defend. But (laughs) she's not in it, and to be honest, she gets quite a people uh, her reputation on the documentary. She seems like a loving person. Yeah, yeah. Greg doesn't really have too much to say about her, uh, in a negative sense. He, he, she seems like a nice woman. We don't really know much about her, but she opens her house up to Greg and Greg's family. Say, yep. Go on then, you can live with um, Sharma and obviously his friend, Jonathan. Probably uh, the worst decision of his life.
0: Oh my God, yeah. Can you imagine if he were to just have not gone to live with them? Like, none of this would have ever happened. Well, uh, okay, wait. None of this would have ever happened to Greg. Would uh, maybe a little boy end up being molested possibly but I don't think that Greg's life would have ended up like this yeah
1: depending yeah depending who did it Um, Uh, because obviously if you watch the documentary you know what happens but something well we believe uh, depends who you did you want it is is the documentary who do you believe right you you know it changes the story if you believe in someone differently right you believe in you know Greg you've got Jonathan you've got the little boy do you believe him do you believe the parents there's a lot of people
0: actually feel like I like the documentary because of that aspect and I think that the documentary maker did a really good job of kind of getting both sides of um, like I guess the story or I here's the best way for me to describe it I hate when I watch a documentary and I think a lot of people would agree with me and you feel like the documentary maker is portraying something so that you are believing what they want you to believe and that's annoying to me because I'm like okay let me decide let give me all the facts and I will decide how I feel about this case and I think that this documentary did a good job of that because they had that red-headed girl in it where she um, had been molested before and she's kind of on the other side, she's saying she thinks Greg did it. And I like that they did that. They made sure that we could see kind of a little bit of both and kind of come up with our own opinion of it.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what happened to me. I couldn't make up my mind for ages. I was going back and forth. I didn't know who to believe. Like I said, I didn't know if the boy was the little boy was telling the truth or the parents were involved or something was going on. But either way, I did not know who did it for a long time. I've made up my mind now, and I will tell you my opinion at the end, and so will Kayla. But let's go to that special... So I, I don't know why I said special. <laughs> I didn't mean special. I mean big day, let's say. <laughs> it wasn't a special day. It wasn't Christmas. Uh, it was <laughs> nowhere near. Oh, yeah, um a special day. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Sorry. <laughs> the big turning point, um, obviously, in the documentary, it, Greg gets a call and his life is turned upside down. He's accused of one of the worst things you could ever be accused of, which is... Uh, a sexual assault on um, a young child.
0: Yeah, so quickly it goes from one small boy to two small preschool-aged children are saying that Greg Kelly touched them inappropriately. And the first kid that came forward, we get to see him in the room with the CAC lady. And he pretty much is... um, saying in little kid words that greg put his pee in his mouth so we know at that point in the documentary that something had to have happened to that small child because why the heck would he be saying that
1: it's definitely not verbiage that you'd hear from a small child they shouldn't know this sort of stuff something's gone on something's happened we don't know what it is either way greg's in a lot of trouble <laughs> and he needs a lawyer
0: yeah oh my god and what's so crappy about all of this is like it's just, it's all over the news. It's like high school boy molests two small kids. And it's like, oh God, like at this point, I'm like, he probably did do it. I mean, why would two small kids be saying this about somebody who didn't do it? There's just no way. Two small kids do not come forward like that.
1: Yeah, and I think, is that, do you think that's why the media sort of jumped on this so quickly because of what Greg's character was portrayed as you know he was this high school sports star like i said had assumed to have this amazing life and then this accusation gets thrown at him do you think that's why the media were like well this is a story
0: yeah definitely it's kind of like it's kind of like that with all cases that are high profile ones are always the ones that confuse people because they're the unlikely ones like the chris watts case he You just look at him. He seems so normal. Um, He's a good looking guy, great family, nothing, no history or prior history of being a bad person. And then it's like, bam, they did this crazy thing and you just can't understand it. And I think you just hit your
1: engagement ring on the table. Sorry. Be careful with
0: that. (laughs) Uh, It's like, I think that's the exact same thing that happened with this case is like Greg Kelly is a good looking kid and it just seems so unlikely. And all of this evidence is piling against him and you're like well how the heck did this happen and it just makes you think twice about who people really are
1: yeah i I think that's why i was so like like when i was watching this i was just fixated on the whole thing i was gripped by it because i had just actually watched the chris watts one mm-hmm. And he was obviously guilty and he he didn't look like someone that would do something like that. So, yeah, you're really just so confused by it. Um, But either way, he's accused of it. And um, he's offered this lawyer uh, by Sharma, the lady who uh, has been looking after Grace said, i got this amazing lawyer, Patricia Cummings. She's a legend. She'll sort this out. (laughs) This bitch, though.
0: Oh, my God. Calm down. Okay, so at the beginning, we don't know that Patricia is an asshole, but we do come to find that out later. But at this point in the documentary, uh, Shama, Jonathan's mom, that is a main thing that Greg got Patricia Cummings to work as his lawyer through Shama. That is big later. And we'll come to talk about that in a little bit. But um, pretty much. Unfortunately, Greg ends up going to trial and Patricia is defending Greg not very well. Um, She's not really doing her job um, in the way that she should. And the one thing that ends up happening in favor of Greg at this point is that the second child ends up retracting and saying that Greg didn't do it. So thank God for that. Um, But I'm still confused. I'm like, what the heck is going on?
1: Yeah, I mean that that does. That's a that was a point for me where I was like, okay, someone's retracted, so maybe I mean like I said I was on the fence so many times. Um, but one of the biggest bits of evidence that was, you know, put forward by the prosecution is is this kid that come forward that had said like very specific things that had happened, um, horrible, disgusting. You know, like I said, it's just. It's not a very nice thing at all and a person called Greg has been accused. And also I think as well at this point when Patricia is um, defending Greg is that Greg never really seems too phased by this. And we kind of discussed before that, you know, he said that he didn't do it so many times. And like, do you think you just get to the point where you're just like, I can't say it again. I'm just going to have to see how this plays out. And I'm just going to have to pray Patricia is going to help me.
0: Yeah, I think that after a while, you just kind of have to accept your fate and hope that people are going to believe you. And I'm sure at this point, Greg was probably like tired of saying that he's not the one that did it and just wanting to trust in the system and trust in Patricia. But um, unfortunately, things did not work out well for Greg and he ends up getting convicted of two counts of super aggravated sexual assault and that is the worst uh what do you call it worst conviction conviction i guess worst thing that you could get because that is the only thing that is 25 years with no possibility of parole even a murderer would maybe have parole but Greg Kelly did not have that option and he could get up to 99 years without parole. So I think that's really crazy that um, this conviction actually holds more weight than murdering someone.
1: Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, I don't know who makes this this stuff up. Like who decides, (laughs) like the, I mean, I know like the, the judge will decide different things, but like in terms of like the maximum, the worst you can get, like... Who, who, who makes that up? Who decides?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to... Okay, hold on. So obviously molesting a child is horrible and you should not have any possibility of parole when you get sentenced that... Uh, Or convicted of that. Sorry. Um, But I feel like it should be the same with murdering someone. If you murder someone, that's just as bad. Like you shouldn't have any possibility of getting out for that either. So I'm not sure. It's crazy because I've seen cases before where somebody murders someone and they're only in there for like eight years. And then if you touch a child, you're in there with no possibility of ever getting out. And I don't know what makes one thing worse than the other, because to me, they're both equally as horrible.
1: Yeah, they're both really bad and they both, um, the consequences are they're both taking away someone's life. Right. Just in different ways.
0: Right. So at this point, we are introduced to Jake and Jake is just a random guy who decides that Greg Kelly is innocent and he wants to help lead the charge and have everybody make Greg Kelly shirts and go out and support and make sure that they are walking around town telling everybody that Greg didn't do it.
1: Yeah, Jake is just so random, just comes out (laughs) of the blue. Uh, at, At the start, I remember us watching it, we turned to each other going,
0: who what is
1: he? Why is he doing this? I like, just, he doesn't uh, even know Greg. I
0: don't even get the motive. Like, why is he involved? What made him think, I'm going to go out there and try and get this kid out? Like, I don't know if he's just bored and rich or what's going on, but...
1: Because he doesn't even... Because at <laughs> this point, he doesn't even know if Greg is innocent. No. I I... Know he just assumes, but he doesn't <laughs> know anything about his background or anything like that. I remember we were speaking when he came come up, and we're like, we were a bit, bit like, oh, this is really weird. Like Jake's weird. He's doing this. He doesn't know if he's done it or not. But then we did turn to each other. Go, imagine if he ends up being innocent. We're gonna really like this guy. Yeah. And you do what? You actually do end up kind of warming to him. He's got a lot of passion, this guy. Although I did message him on Instagram to try and get him on the podcast. He read it, and uh, <laughs> you know, Jake, if you're listening, mate, um, get back to me on Instagram. <laughs> I don't want to DM you twice, but I might have to be that guy. <laughs>
0: Wow! I can't believe he ignored you that's so rude
1: yeah I know he had
0: all the time in the world to get a guy out of jail that he didn't even know but he doesn't have time to come on our podcast
1: yeah that's rude perhaps he's busy cleaning his plane yeah he's got an airplane which is pretty cool
0: that Sam's really jealous of
1: we have um you know this guy Jake and he's campaigning he's getting hundreds of people praying for Greg Kelly and he does a good job for someone who doesn't know Greg (laughs) does actually start making some noise Media attaching on to this, they're talking about you know all these people that are trying to get Greg out, and um, they need some help, and they actually end up um, finding a guy called Keith Hampton, badass lawyer, another badass lawyer. We like badass lawyers.
0: Yes, we love badass lawyers. Todd from episode two that we did about Longshot is our favorite lawyer. And this is now our second favorite lawyer. He is such a badass. He looks at the case and pretty much decides that Greg might have gotten a botched trial because his representation, Patricia Cummings, pretty much sucks.
1: Yeah, she did a really, really bad job. Her defense was just just really bad and like Greg didn't know any different no one knew any different like they just accepted it i got a lawyer she didn't get me off prison
0: yeah i guess if you're just a person going through this it's like well what are you going to do you're kind of like helpless in this situation like i you know if you think think or no or whatever you know you didn't do it and you have a lawyer that doesn't do their job i mean what else do you have there's nothing you can do but sit back and go to jail like what are you going to do
1: yeah i mean like Uh it's it's and you you know greg's just a kid at this point uh i mean his mom as well she's so lovely and she's like and she's
0: like spanish she doesn't really speak complete english very well so she probably has no idea what to do either she's never been in this situation poor lady so they're just hoping by the grace of god that something is going to happen and thank god it did this new lawyer comes out and tries to help
1: yeah he tries to help and he tries to he like said said this trial should be done again it wasn't it wasn't right there was he didn't get a fair trial all that sort of stuff i mean it, it they find it very difficult uh keith is shut down quite a lot of times but then keith does get a bit of luck um because the reason it got shut down is because uh the district attorney at the time um uh janna duty her name was she was like no 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 blah 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 Anyway, lots of shit came on about her. She actually ends up losing her job. New guy called Sean Dick is now appointed for um, the new Williamson County district attorney job, and he's a bit more fair.
0: Yeah, so uh, Greg, actually, this is where his luck starts to get better because this new district attorney kind of thinks that there might be a chance that Greg isn't the one who committed this crime and that his trial – might not have been completely fair so they got a writ hearing i actually don't know much about writ hearings but it seems as though it pretty much is kind of like a mini trial to prove that his first trial wasn't done correctly
1: right and i mean this is when uh we talk about you know uh failures in the justice system it's, this is weird for me to talk about because I'm from the UK. So it's so so different. But from I, we watch enough documentaries. I might as well just, you know, be a lawyer now. Um, but th- listen, like when you look at the failures in the justice system, when you've got, it's basically good and bad people. And when you get a bad person, it doesn't go your way. And people who haven't committed crimes can go to prison. But then you get good people. Like I said, like Sean Dick, that does believe in, you know, fair trials and people have a fair chance. So like I said, they have this um, reach and this is when um, Keith Hampton, he is really dug deep now. He's found lots of new information. He has to put a lot of the, um, the, the bad cops on the stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when you think, hang on a minute. Maybe Greg didn't do it.
0: Yeah, this is where everything kind of changed for me when I was watching, for sure, because there is a detective. His name is Detective Daly, and he was on the stand. Oh, I
1: hate that fucking <laughs> fuck. <laughs>
0: he was He's on-
1: probably the one of the worst cops I've ever seen on, like, a crime doc
0: he's really bad like really bad Uh, one thing that really stuck out for me was when they asked him what do you think makes a successful trial and his answer was successful prosecution and in that moment I think that's when it all clicked for me it's like he doesn't care about finding the truth which is what his answer should have been his biggest motive is just putting whoever in jail and um they pretty much uncover keith hampton keith proved- like
1: keith actually like called him up on that straight away he's like keith is quick yeah he said he said you know a successful prosecutor he's like um shouldn't it be finding the truth and he's like
0: well well uh, oh, yeah I suppose so. <laughs> oh i guess that's it that's what i meant to say
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah this uh chris daly guy he's like he gets asked all these questions he didn't um investigate anyone else he didn't put pictures up in front of the child I to say which like is Greg. There was no um, pick Greg out on a lineup situation.
0: I'm not a lawyer, obviously, and I'm not a detective, obviously. But you would think that the first or one of the first things that you would do with this small child is put a bunch of pictures on a piece of paper and be like, which one is Greg? That would probably be something that you should do. And that never Happened
1: and that's why they, I mean, they don't talk about it too much, but this is where the shady shit must have gone on. Yeah Where did it where were the shady? We don't know about it, but I'll tell you my opinion. My opinion is that um, Detective Daly had a relationship with Jana Duty, who um, Was this woman that she was gonna do all these fair trials and she cuz I'll talk really quickly But there was a case ages ago and someone went to prison for a long time in, in Williamson County and yeah. he then got out uh, and he was actually found not guilty and right. he spent years and years in prison when he shouldn't have. Right. Janna's um, reasons and her like big campaign was like, don't want this to happen again. Right So I feel like she's like, right, got this Greg guy. He definitely did it. The community thinks he did it. Let's put him in and now I'm the hero. Mm-hmm. And I think she influenced Daly to not do his job correctly.
0: Yeah, I think this is the point where you realize that there was a lot of things that should have been done in order to, um, I mean, investigate. And I thought the best thing that was said, and I think it was said by Keith Hampton, was when you're doing an investigation for murder, you go to the crime scene, you talk to witnesses, you figure out who else was in the room at the time, you gather evidence And in this situation, Detective Daly just took the child into a room. The child said Greg did it. We don't know what Greg it was. There's lots of Gregs in the world. Took the word of the four-year-old child, not saying that it was wrong, but that's all the evidence that he had and ran with it and didn't look back and didn't want to even think about any of the other possibilities that it could have been. And not only did Detective Daly not do his job, but Patricia Cummings, who was Greg's first lawyer, she also didn't do her job. And it talks a lot in this episode about how Patricia had conflicts of interest because she didn't want to look into Jonathan at all because she was friends with Jonathan's family.
1: Yeah, so... At this point, again, I'm watching it. I'm thinking, all right, we've got Jonathan now. He could be another suspect, which he should have been from the start. Like you said before, like, the you know, when you check evidence for a murder, um, daily not checking um, what Greg actually looked like to the kid. It's literally like if you went to a murder scene, you find a knife on the floor. <laughs> uh, you don't check it for DNA. You just put it in the bin. Yeah. It's like the same thing. You just literally no evidence. Um, so, yeah, Jonathan's name is, is up and... Um,
0: and I, I think we forgot to say, too, that um, Jonathan and Greg at the time looked a lot alike. So to a four-year-old child, they that would be easily confused. I mean, we don't know that Jonathan did it. I have my own opinions on that, which we will touch on in a little bit. But I think that a four-year-old could have easily gotten them confused and that kid just kind of maybe got the name wrong. I don't know, lots of things could have happened, but I I just don't think that there was enough evidence at this point to convict a 17-year-old of a crime and send him to jail for the rest of his life without any parole. And I just feel like he was just let down by the system.
1: So you've also got um Keith Hanson like I said he's in the, in the documentary and he's Proper interviews, love that. So again, happening live time. Keith, in my opinion, is very much indicating that he thinks it's Jonathan. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that if it's not Greg, then it might be Jonathan. And honestly, if you look at it from, like take a step back and look at it. Greg was a good kid. He was a football star. He was very goal-oriented. And then there's Jonathan, who had a lot of run-ins with the law, had a lot of issues. And we end up finding out later, was looking at child pornography. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, and all things that um, Patricia Gutman should have been looking at. at. But uh, luckily, Keith did. And this, okay, this is all about. So Keith thinks at this point, Jonathan's something to do with it. So then you have like, why? If that's the case, why does he think that? You know, the child pornography, the stuff he looked at. But if Jonathan did do it, why did he do it? Like, did he want Greg's life? Did he? Did he want to be Greg? Did he? Did he? Um, was he in love with uh, Gabri? Oh, wait, Greg's now are, wife.
0: Are you saying that you think that Jonathan is framing him? What are you saying?
1: No, I'm not saying he's framing him. I'm saying. At this point, you've got um, a lot of people pointing the finger at Jonathan now. Mm-hmm. But I think as an outsider, you think, okay, we're pointing the finger at Jonathan and the fact that he's had some other crimes. But that doesn't make, make him a child molester or whatever. Why did? Why was he so okay with it being Greg when it was meant to be his friend? And why, why did it, I, I just think, why did he, it seems like he framed him in a way. Like, can, let me just say one more thing. This is, it doesn't say this, but imagine if uh, Jonathan did it and for whatever fucked up reason, I don't know why he would do something just so disgusting. Well,
0: some people just like little kids.
1: Yeah, I don't, Yeah, whatever. Like, I can't understand that. But do you, do you think his way of trying to do something so criminal and getting away with it would be like, did he tell the kid, hi, my name's Greg?
0: Oh, okay. I see. I mean, why, um, why,
1: why was he, why did he want to like throw his friend in the bus?
0: Well, because it would have either been his own ass or it would have been Greg. And I feel like that could have been a possibility is that m- maybe Jonathan told the little kid that his name was Greg or that Greg did it. Or in my opinion, was Shama involved more? Like why did Shama set Greg up with the lawyer that they're obviously friends with. I mean, Shama, Shama knew that Whitney Cummings was not going to point the finger at Jonathan and instead point the finger at Greg. And I feel like that plays a lot into it also.
1: Yeah. Well, well, Patricia, Patricia, well, she was in a difficult position when she was defending Greg, because she couldn't point the finger at another suspect because the other suspect was Jonathan. Yep. And she has a conflict of interest there. She can't, the finger at greg because that's not a very good defense <laughs> yeah you know she's defending him so she points the finger at the parents and that there's some adult lies being told
0: yeah so patricia cummings was obviously in a situation where she pretty much couldn't do her job correctly which is the whole reason that we had this whole writ hearing is to prove that she's a shit lawyer which she was um But throughout this whole writ hearing, we also see Cody Mitchell on the stand. He's a Texas Ranger, and he is very interesting to me in this whole documentary because um, he's on the stand saying that Greg pretty much didn't get due process and that there are three other suspects and that it's likely that Greg might not be the guy who did it. So he's on the stand pretty much saying that Greg, you know, might not have done it.
1: Yeah, that. Why is you wearing a cowboy hat? <laughs> <laughs> I wondered that.
0: Because he's in good old Texas. What
1: is that needed? We know, we know that you're from Texas. We know that you, maybe you've ridden a horse before.
0: They always wear those in Texas. They're, they, that's just like what they do. I, I thought it was Halloween. No, <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> um. Yeah, anyway, so he he's actually a weird character. He does there's a lot of weird stuff that happens with him, doesn't it? He seems yeah. really supportive of Greg, and then someone else happens and then
0: Yeah, so he's all supportive and he's like, Greg might not have done it. He's in the hallway after the writ hearing, he's hugging Greg's mom, like, ooh, ooh, we love you. Like, we're gonna try and get your boy out, like all this stuff, and he's being all nice and shit, and it was looking really good for Greg. And then something else happens. It just Things just keep coming out and coming out and things are just so weird. And now, two days later, that same guy, Cody Mitchell, who was just hugging Greg's mom, puts out a statement that said that he got a search warrant to go through Greg's phone and found... Honestly, he didn't really find much. I don't know why it was that big of a deal, <laughs> but he found he that said he likes
1: porn. <laughs> yeah. I'm not being funny. When I was 17, I love porn. <laughs> don't mind it now. Um, he just like visited a few porn sites and said he like signed up for some adult dating thing. Adult, by the way. there's I don't think he did, but it was an adult. Um, friend finder. Friend finder, whatever. Um, I remember Greg saying in one of his interviews that he did say that um, Jonathan like took his phone a few times. Um, like some weird shit like Jonathan's a little, little weirdo isn't he so he took his phone a few times and the, the Texas Ranger like kind of says that these are the usernames that Greg used and obviously Greg's lawyer is straight on that he rings up friend finder yeah. Didn't know you could ring up them.
0: <laughs> like, oh, you have one? Why would you need to ring one up?
1: Well, you know, the customer <laughs> service is appalling. I got <laughs> billed twice in one month.
0: <laughs> Shut up.
1: Um, and said, like, those uh, usernames never existed. So did the Ranger lie?
0: I, I don't know what the point of this whole... Um, like release statement really was because I mean it would have made sense to release information if it had kind of pertained to the thing to this case like if Greg had been on I don't know child porn then sure that would have been a good thing to release to the public but he releases that Greg likes porn regular porn which is pretty freaking normal if you ask me and that he's on adult porn friend finder not kid friend finder adult friend yeah, finder. So basically saying like
1: greg <laughs> so he's a regular 17 year old kid. yeah greg really <laughs> likes you know watching you know porn normal
0: <laughs> it's just a weird weird way to try and make him look bad and he kind of did make him look bad because people are like oh my god he's not like you know this I don't know, good kid or whatever. But if you really think about it, it's really not that big of a deal. So I don't really know what the whole motive behind that was. And it was very random that he was so gung-ho about Greg not being definitely the one who did the crime when he was on the stand, and then two days later releases this weird information.
1: Yeah, and on the other hand... They found a few porn sites on Greg's phone, on Jonathan's phone, actual porn sites and an kid, a, kid, a, kid porn. Yeah, and there's a, a, a small child potentially naked, like crazy disgusting stuff. And you hear that, this is one of my favorite bits is the the call that one of Jonathan's uh, friends makes to Jonathan in prison. Let's try and reenact it. <laughs> so you be you be Jonathan. Okay. And I'll be the guy cuz okay. he's funny. Not... <laughs> yeah. All right, ready? So ring ring
0: no, you you go first.
1: Okay. Hey, did you do it, dude? <laughs> nah, man, they got me fucked up. <laughs> dude, I, I they say they they find sites. Oh, I don't know where I'm going now <laughs> with that one. They find porn sites on, on your phone, dude, and a small child naked. Nah, bro, that's that's my uh, what did he
0: say? That's my nephew, bro. <laughs> what, your nephew naked? Yeah, bro, that's my nephew. I didn't do it, bro. We've gone over this. I don't know,
1: bro. <laughs> seems pretty bad. I mean, I guess we'll see what it's like and what your defense is like in court, but...
0: <laughs> You're so s- bad at that. Seems action. like you
1: did it, dude. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> that was such a bad... Totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, that phone call was really funny, but um, they he, his friend did say that they found like 1,300 things of child porn on Jonathan's phone so at this point in the documentary uh it's the end of episode three and I think my mind is now pretty set on the fact that Jonathan probably did it
1: yeah exactly so you, you, you're kind of thinking he might have he might have had something to do this now um evidence is completely switched from Greg and is aimed at Jonathan uh, like I said in my opinion I'll tell you now I might as well tell you right now is that I think Jonathan committed this terrible, terrible crime to this young child. I don't think the child was lying. I don't think the parents were lying. I think that Jonathan committed this horrible sexual assault.
0: Yeah, I agree. The only thing that I still do kind of wonder about is how Greg's name got brought into it. Why Greg? Why did the kids say Greg? That's the only thing that kind of is like... Shit, uh, I don't I really, really, really believe that Greg didn't do it and that Jonathan did. But there's always that glimmer of why the hell did that little kid say Greg? I don't get it. Did he get confused because they look alike? Did, did Jonathan tell the little kid to say that it was Greg? Did the parents get confused? Did Shama uh, have a part in saying that Greg did it? I just... I don't understand it. So that to me is very confusing. But with all the other evidence and just character alone, I do think that Jonathan is more likely to do something like this than Greg.
1: Exactly. And actually, you know, with you guys watching this now, um, let us know on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know after watching episode three who you thought had done it. Who done it?
0: Who done it? So episode three actually ends on a very happy note. We see Greg walking out of jail um, and going home and enjoying himself. He's having a beer, which is probably the first legal beer that he ever had because he went into jail under 21. He came out over 21. He spent three years in there. And um, obviously he is greeted by his biggest supporter. Good old Jakey.
1: Yeah, Jake's there. (laughs) Like probably like the first time they've actually hung out, probably yeah, yeah. um, without being a a bit of glass, probably like in between them, Um, which is uh, what. So this is quite crazy as well. Greg is this like obviously a normal guy back in the day, and he was playing football, and his life not has only been turned upside down due to this accusation and going to prison and all all this stuff. The documentary filmmakers get involved and Greg's life is now being filmed. And, you know, he gets out on his cameras. Yeah. He makes his statements, cameras. They're at his home, cameras. And then throughout this whole thing, he's now in a, like a reality TV show. A bit like the film. You know the film he showed me? uh, The Truman Show. Oh, yeah. It's like he's living the Truman Show now. I think he even says that, doesn't he, does. he at some yeah, point? Yeah, he does later. Like he's now kind of on TV all the time and people are interested and it must be so weird.
0: Yeah, it would be weird. It's such a interesting um, to go from just a normal guy to now all this crazy shit is happening all these twists and turns and now you're on TV and people know you for all the wrong reasons and it's just like, oh God, I can only imagine how he was feeling when he got out because obviously you're really happy that you're out but at the same time, people probably still thought that he might have done it and nobody wants to be that guy.
1: No, of course. And you find out a little bit more, um, obviously, Greg's point of view as he's out of jail and all the stuff that happens in episode four and five, which we will be covering in uh the next episode of big doc energy and with a bit of luck we will have this special guest let's know who you think it might be uh, unless you're listening um behind time and you already know maybe they didn't turn up this
0: person i'm really hoping will be joining us um and we're going to get a lot of inside information because it's a big character in this documentary and you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to ask all of the questions that you guys want to know and all of the behind the scenes and thought process and things that really went on. So make sure you stay tuned for the second part of this Outcry podcast here on Big Doc Energy.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Big Dog Energy Podcast and Big Dog Energy Pod. See you next time.